0: about building lasting relationships. Call 223-4448 or online at rbtechvt.com. When you think of business technology and communications... Think of RB Technologies. Strongsville. That's the strength of Cub Cadets' line of residential and commercial zero-turn riders at Better Power Equipment in Waterbury. It's the powerful choices you get, like premium Kohler or Kawasaki engine, fabricated or stamped cutting deck, lap bar or advanced steering wheel control. It's a new muscular cutting system. The Cub Cadet signature cut and triple guard corrosion defense system. Test drive a zero-turn rider today at Better Power Equipment in Waterbury. Get expert advice, superior service, and exceptional financing. A better choice. It's time to get the story behind the story. Interviews with newsmakers, newsbreakers, and your phone calls. Radio
1: Vermont presents The Mark. Johnson Show.
0: Thank you Jim Condon. Good morning everybody. Welcome to the program. Thanks for tuning in. Forecaster Roger Hill says we have a nice day on tap. Tomorrow the pick of the week. Thanks for joining us on the program. Coming up later this hour we're going to talk with the author of a book who challenges the idea that self-sacrifice is really what it's all about for others. He will argue that in fact it's uh, unjust and destructive and uh, has written a book called In Defense of Selfishness. That'll be coming your way at about nine thirty this morning, you can join us throughout the program at two four four seventeen seventy seven. That's our local number in Central Vermont, and our toll free lines eight seven seven two nine one eight two five five. We uh, begin this morning. We uh, go to the phone, joining us live on the line this morning. Not to be confused with uh, Representative Jim Condon, who we sometimes suspect might have benefited from somebody's name sounds somewhat familiar, and that would be Secretary of State Jim Condos. Joining us live on the line this morning, the uh, secretary calling for the establishment of an independent ethics commission and also looking to change some laws as well, too. Jim, thank you for joining us. How are you this morning? Uh, you're, I'm,
1: you're, you're, I'm quite happy to be here with you, and it's, uh, it's actually a wonderful day out there when you look outside and see that shiny thing in the sky.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's not, I mean, it was a little chilly this morning, but nothing like the past few days. Yeah, it's going to get better this week. You're calling for an independent state ethics commission to address questions about uh, legislative, executive and municipal sections of government and ethics. Why now? Well, it's actually not just now. I have been,
1: uh, I have uh, spoken about this before. Uh, I actually spoke about this a little bit when I was a a state senator. Uh, But I think that, and some of the pieces of it, but I think now, um, in my role as Secretary of State, I Certainly have had access to a lot more information that 's available to me nationwide uh, and in talking with my colleagues, but I, I think really what 's going on is is we are one of three states that um, uh, according to the numbers that I have, that do not have some kind of an ethics commission in place and uh, to review these kinds of things now i 'm calling for a little bit broader. Look not just conflict of interest, but also campaign finance and financial disclosure, but um, also perhaps to, to have an ombudsman on staff to deal with public records and uh, access to public records and and also uh, open meeting law violations or allegations and and. You know, it's, a lot of these are just that—they're just allegations. Uh, and I want to be very, very clear that, by and large, Vermont is well served by its dedicated public servants. That uh, you know, the vast majority—and I mean overwhelming majority—of elected state and local fish, uh, officials are trustworthy and dedicated, and they just want to do what's right for for Vermont. Um, and it's it's the little. Little nitpicking things that sometimes can create uh, the mistrust, and and frankly, it's it's time that we try to turn that, bend that curve, and bring it back. So that that people have confidence in their government, and this is one way I think that we can uh, build that confidence.
0: Mm-hmm. But you've been Secretary of State since 2011, so why why never call for this before? Um, well, I, actually, I
1: did call for an ombudsman to deal with access to public records and and no, uh, open meeting laws. I'm talking about. I'm talking about. Uh, I, I'm talking about I have it. talked about uh, an ethics commission uh, to to my colleagues before, uh, it, but I think in light of the last year or so um and and the number of uh perceived uh allegations that have been uh, you know called for uh or charged out there i think it's just time and i think really the tipping point frankly without well uh, uh taking a position on it, but really the tipping point was when the governor had to appoint a special investigator or a special uh, counsel to look at uh, the Attorney General's issue.
0: Why would that have prompted you to want to call for this, not just to your colleagues but now to the public, uh, this idea of an independent ethics commission? Well,
1: this is to start that conversation. I think this is really something that that is, is as I said. We need to rebuild the trust in government, and that's not to say we don't have trust. But there's just this little naggy stuff that you see, you hear about, and 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 I think it's just time that we, we uh, start to look at this uh, in, in a preferred way, uh, a, a way that is independent and impartial, uh, and, and that can deal with it. That has clear laws that that. Uh, 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 address the issues and and you know markets it's it's interesting you know we we here in the office get i don't we get calls almost every week um, from uh constituents in Vermont who uh have an issue with their municipal uh board uh, it could be their select board their planning commission development review board whatever and and they say you know that person has a conflict of interest and and the only response that we can give is It's twofold. One, we say if you feel strongly about it, you can you can call the attorney general's office. Uh, And if if uh, not, I said there's not much else we can do because you have to look to see first if that if that particular town has a conflict of interest policy, uh, which they are enabled to create. But we have no clue how many there are out there. Uh, The legislature has put enabling legislation in there, but there's nothing in the statutes. That actually deals with conflict of interest.
0: Hmm. Who would, how would this be set up? I mean, who would, it would be an independent commission, so obviously the idea is for them to be independent. But would they report to somebody? Would they be somehow under the umbrella of your office or what? Well, I, I think that's ultimately what the
1: legislature would have to decide uh, the, from a policy standpoint. My my version or my my idea would be that it would be an independent commission, uh, standalone. Uh, that it would be. Uh, you know, if you look across the country, it, there's many different examples of how it's done. Um, Massachusetts, for instance, has five a five member member commission with. Uh, Three members appointed by the governor, no more than two uh, can be uh, from the same party, and one of them is the chair of the the, uh, commission, Uh, and then the attorney general and the secretary of state each appoint. Uh, a, a person, one more person, so they have a total of five, no more than three from the same party. Uh, but it's, it's, it's spread out. The appointments are actually spread out. Um, and then they have a staff, an executive director and a staff. Uh, now, in Massachusetts, they have a lot of, of, of staff, uh, uh, I think they have something like twenty to twenty-four people. I have no uh, <laughs> no thinking that that's what we would have here in Vermont. Yeah. My my thing, uh, my suggestion would be to yeah. start out with a three-member board. Uh, uh, the, appoint The chair would be appointed by the governor, uh, and maybe the uh, attorney general and secretary of state would appoint. Uh, each of the other two members uh, that no more than two can be from the same party that uh, um, and then they would be based basically on a per diem basis uh, they would be paid that way and then you would have an executive director and it could be three to five people uh, and, and to determine uh, you know because you, you're gonna need investigators or an investigator and a um, uh, you're gonna need a, an attorney or two uh, so it but I would say oh, no more than three to five people at the most. Uh-huh. Yeah, there's a cost to this. Uh-huh. There's no question there's a cost to this. But uh, is is the, the cost would be, I think, small when you, when you look at um, what it can do to help
0: uh, build pu- uh, public trust. Talking with Secretary of State Jim Condos, he's calling for the establishment of an independent ethics commission. You know Jim as you were describing how your office gets a number of phone calls throughout the the weeks and months I was thinking how do you have a commission like this not get drowned with you know minor complaints
1: Well and that's
0: always the concern
1: now I think one of the things that, that uh, occurs out there and, and um, in in our for instance our office of professional regulation um which is under my office we have investigators and prosecutors um and this is the licensing arm for 46 professions 60,000 license holders um when we receive a complaint the complaint goes to the to the uh to the investigators and then it is is uh triaged and and it was it's determined one is there something here that we need to really look at or is this gotta go someplace else once we determine that it it, 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 it does belong with uh... for the investigation we would then uh... create a, a team of people to uh, review all the uh, facts and the evidence investigate the, the facts um, and they would prepare a report all that would be done privately so there's what we're trying to do is protect from frivolous uh, complaints so i think if you have an impartial board that's working well i think what will happen is you will you will find that there will not be a lot of uh... Um, frivolous stuff going on that would just clog it up um, i think that the more you have you know, the only time it becomes public is if there was an actual charge or an action taken mm-hmm. uh... It, it, if there was if it was deemed that there was no charge no no uh... Violation of any uh, ordinance or uh, a statute, then then it would be uh, sealed and silent. It would be kept uh, exempt from public record.
0: Wait a minute. Let me see if I have this right. So, if if somebody filed a complaint against you, that doesn't become public until only if a if a negative or a a, a charge is sort of found against you at the end. Well, really?
1: exactly, and and you know because the, it, Whoa, the, where, the whole idea is to protect from frivolous complaints now that doesn't mean that the person filing the complaint doesn't file a release put a public press release out there and tell the world but um, I think then you then you get the you you can get the you know situation where it might be a, a political uh, witch hunt or whatever but uh, I think that the, the concern has to be that you don't want to develop a situation or a system that that deals with a lot of frivolous complaints
0: okay but really I mean you know so in the case here we're talking with the attorney general you have an, a lawyer who files a complaint against them and that wouldn't become public knowledge it, 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 that's correct is that is that really following your transparency theme there my friend
1: uh, yes it is it, it is because i 'm also trying to protect people who are from uh, frivolous complaints that that
0: have no merit, okay how far would you see this commission being extended in terms of what they would look at and and here 's where i 'm going with this because we 've had you mentioned in your press release that there have been ethical issues surrounding uh, allegations of ethical issues about the governor, attorney general, legislators, and you continue on. For example, this question that was raised about Governor Shumlin and this land deal, would that be the kind of thing that this would look at, too? It could. I mean,
1: I, I can't tell you what exactly it's going to look at because I don't have a statute in front of me, but it could. It could. If, if the legislature sets it up, uh, it could look at anything that's out there uh, to, to determine whether there was uh, an ethical issue. I mean, it, it, it would have to. You know, what I'm... What I've, saying is that they have to create a clear law that 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 defines ethics that defines conf- conflict of interest um, uh, that that creates uh, some kind of financial disclosure and conflict of interest uh, form uh, if you want to call it for uh, elected officials and i would include candidates in that because i think it's it's pertinent information when you're casting a ballot to know uh, you know what someone uh may have is a conflict of interest i mean you know that, that they work for a tobacco company and 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 uh and and they could be in the legislature voting against tobacco taxes or something you know you you want to know that kind of thing um i mean this is it's been talked about off and on the only the house has an ethics commission of their own uh, ethics committee uh, the senate does not uh and i think that uh you know i know that the, the in talking with Senator White, uh, who's chair of the chairwoman of the uh, Government Operations Committee, she's planning to uh, submit a rule uh, rule change in January that will uh, establish an ethics uh, commission. I personally think that an impartial, independent um, uh, commission would be the best way to go.
0: What do you think the reaction is going to be to this? from who <laughs> from the, well from the i mean the you public, mentioned i think we'll i think the public will embrace it i think
1: um that that many of my legis- my former colleagues in the legislature, uh, some of them will embrace it, and some of them will not. And I think that you know there's going to be questions raised. And I I think uh, you know the, there is a constitutional question of whether uh, only the legislature can govern itself. Um, uh, I think you know in my, in my conversations uh, with folks, I, I, I I've said that. You know that's true. You know, but but on the other hand, it's not saying that that a, a commission you might set it up so that a commission reviews, for instance, legislative uh, ethics, but then just offers a recommendation to the House or the Senate ethics commission uh, on on or committee on how to uh, uh, reprimand someone or or, or dismiss a, a complaint. But but I think. Um, these are the conversations that need to be had, and frankly, this is just about starting that conversation
0: uh this idea though of um uh conflict of interest you'll hear you know you'll hear this The people will say in Vermont that 's very difficult to figure out how to establish that every, there's a lot of interconnections
1: you know we're one of or uh, we're 3 out of uh 50 states that have no ethics commission and i think probably most of those also have conflict of interest i i don't think uh, you know i understand the concern um uh that that how do you how do you deem a conflict of interest and i think that you have to look at the overall situation and and determine uh, this is really about putting information out in front of people is about being transparent so that people know and understand do you sit on uh, this board and are you voting on on money for that board or are you involved in the discussion on voting for money on that board in other words if you're on a committee that, that uh, on a say appropriations committee that provides money and you're on that board for that Nonprofit, or or for any organization it doesn't have to be just a non-profit but are you do, do people know that you also work for that board from that standpoint that you're on the board and that you um uh are now voting on something i, I think it's just transparency it's an issue of tr- accountability and
0: transparency let me take one call here let's go to st albans Deck. good morning
2: Hi good morning mark i think after listening briefly to some of this conversation is why the Vermonters are totally fed up with what's going on in this state. Uh, There don't seem to be a recourse here of correction. And if you think the Vermont State Legislature is going to put in some type of law, statute of law, that can be basically turned around to prosecute them, that's not going to happen. And listening to this gentleman, uh, it leads me to believe uh, there is no intent to bring justice people of the state.
0: Why do, you, why do you say that? What has what he said that would give you
2: that indication? Uh, because I believe a grand jury can be formed uh, out, outside of this whole arena here, and, brought, and and evidence brought forward here to show bribery. Uh, the Vermont Constitution is clear on bribery, and there's a section in there to read, and there is a remedy for this.
0: Okay, but there are plenty of ethical questions that come up that aren't that don't involve bribery or that would be fall under a grand well,
2: jury. Well, of course, you don't... Uh, You shouldn't be on the payroll of some corporation there down there creating laws for the benefit of that corporation. That's that's where the campaign fund problem comes in here, because everybody's getting bought off by a special interest.
0: All right. Let me see if I can take your call and phrase a question here to Jim. And, And here's what I would ask you. Isn't there, I mean, I think Dick is suggesting, isn't there already... Uh, courts and and the attorney general and other bodies that can be doing these kind of investigations.
1: Well, I think I, I think what what he was referring to, at least the way I understood it, is that um, he'd be referring to a criminal complaint. And, and I'm not necessarily referring to criminal complaints. These might be civil, uh, and you don't take civil complaints necessarily to a grand jury. I think uh, it, it's 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 a little bit different animal. And it frankly it becomes. More onerous to the the, uh, the general public. I mean, I I in, in my um, the whole issue with, with changes to the access to public records law that we went through was to uh, put things like mandatory um, uh, attorneys fees in there if you if you win because it's daunting to a, an average citizen to request a document have it. Be denied, and then the only recourse you have is to go to court. And most people can't afford to go to court and have and ask for a document. And and at the the way the previous law was, that it was uh, the the court had the discretion of whether to offer uh, attorneys' fees to the plaintiff. And and at this point in time, this would offer. It's now changed so it's mandatory and I think that's my idea behind having this also act as uh, if you want to call it an on but it's been to deal with uh, pub- open meeting law questions and, and access to public records questions which dominate the calls that we get here at the office
0: mm-hmm. last question so how do you have an independent ethics commission what's their authority I mean what, what's their ultimate hammer at the end they make a recommendation they say you know uh Jim Condos acted improperly. So what? Well,
1: first of all, you would have that that designation put out there. But I think as far as penalties or whatever, uh, I think it would depend on what we're talking about. I I certainly am not in the position at this point to tell you, you know, if you do this, you're going to get that or or whatever. But uh, I think that that's why I'm saying we need to have clear laws. Uh, a clear definition of what a conflict of interest is what is required for financial disclosures uh, and and uh, that, that the, the the independent body needs to be empowered in a way to to either one adopt the code of ethics if if the legislature doesn't do that, uh, and to fairly and impartially field those complaints, investigate them, uh, determine if a violation occurred, um, and, and then uh, they have to have the authority to enforce the law. If you want to make this a system that really works and works well, it, they've got to have the authority to, to enforce. That all comes through statute.
0: You know, and I raised this same question that Dick did, which is, uh, you know, you're asking the legislature to establish something which ultimately could go back on themselves. How are you going to get around that?
1: (laughs) Well, uh, you know, the same thing goes with with establishing the the appointments to the committee. I mean, I'm just suggesting it be that the governor, the attorney general, and the secretary of state would be uh, offering each up up one person. uh, But... But it could be the legislature decides that. I I don't know. I think you know the legislature has to. They have to answer to the people. I mean, it, Mark, let's re, let's remember what, Chapter One, Article Six of the Constitution, Vermont Constitution, says that the powers derived from the people. Therefore, all officers of government, whether legislative or executive, are their trustees and servants and accountable to them. Uh, and and. The legislature needs to, uh, I think, step up to uh, the possibility that uh, uh, we need to uh, establish a, a ethics commission that will deal with uh, some of these conflict of interest claims, some of the, some of the campaign finance. Right now. The, the attorney general's office uh, uh is the is the sole recipient for a a, a, a campaign finance uh, uh charge or allegation um and you know, I think there was there was one particular case in South Burlington that took two years to to uh, investigate and and uh, offer a decision. Uh, I, I get it. The, the attorney general's office has got a lot going on, and maybe they can't handle all this stuff. Uh, and and the same thing goes with uh, conflict of interest and in open meeting. I mean, open meeting law violations. We refer them to the the to the, uh, uh, we, we tell people, here's what the law says, and if they want to take it further, they go to the AG's office. So, and, and the AG's office can look at some of them, and, and and some of them they just say it's not worth fighting for, uh, and I don't want to put words in their mouth, but they have to prioritize what, what they're spending their time
0: on. Thank you for your time this morning. I appreciate it very much. Right,
1: and, and Mark, I do want to say again that the vast majority of our, our legislators and, and public servants. They really are working hard for Vermont.
0: Well, God, let's hope so. You know, I, mean, I, I really hope you don't have to be making that kind of claim, you know? So. Uh, all right. Okay. all right. Thank you for your time. You're welcome. Bye-bye. All right. Uh, 244-1777 is our local number. Toll-free 877-291-8255. All right, we got a guest coming up here, but I really would like to hear, uh, particularly next hour after we get done with our guests here coming up, uh, what's your reaction to this? Is this something that you feel is long overdue, that is unnecessary? Uh, do you see any other challenges beside the one uh, that uh, Dick and I raised? You know, how do you get? It's like campaign finance. How do you get the United States Congress to deal with something like campaign finance when the current system is greatly benefiting them? Maybe the courts. Maybe that's the way to go. Uh, but anyway, uh, we'll take a short break here. First, let me uh, remind you about our friends at Green Mountain Access, an outstanding local Internet service provider, doing the uh, long haul here over the past week or so, changing over to an entire new system. And, boy, you got to give them uh, props for that. They did a great job. So you can count on them for great service, and you can reach them at one 321 815 And on the web at gmavt.net. Coming up next, we'll talk with the author of In Defense of Selfishness, who is going to argue that altruism is uh, not all it's cracked up to be. We'll be back right after this. A single stage. Nearly seven decades of live professional theater. Generations of
1: acclaimed actors have made the walk from behind the curtains to center stage at Saint Michael's Playhouse. Bella Lugosi, Ethel Barrymore, John Voigt, and hundreds more from Broadway, Off Broadway, and regional theaters across the country. Be part.